there. All right, you may be seated. I think it's going to be a wonderful thing that, that to have the Miracle Weekend once a month that they've decided on for the, you know, the next year. And that way you can have a lot of time to bring people in that has uh, anything wrong with them and God will perform a miracle for them if you'll believe it. Sometimes people have to uh, uh, make arrangements to come and things like that. I know my, I can teach you on prayer like three days a, three days a month I have a chance to teach you on healing and prayer and faith and different things that will help you. And once you understand those things, you can have victory. There's no reason why you can't have victory. And I began to pray for a woman one time that was demon-possessed. And the Lord said to me, call 40 people up here and have them to pray in the Spirit. Well, I'd never had anything like that before in my life. I thought you were supposed to cast the devil out all the time. Well, I broke the power of the devil in Jesus' name over her. She is a Satan worshiper, but I didn't know it, and she came to one of my services. So the Lord showed her to me, and I walked back in the congregation, and I was going to close the service, and the Holy Spirit checked me and says, there's a demon-possessed woman in the congregation tonight. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> well, I mean, I want to be like most guys that travel on the road, just be nice and close and leave. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I said, well, since you reminded me, I said, I'm going to go back there in your name and cast that devil out of her. He said, well, show me. I always remember this. God don't believe you're ever going to do anything until you show him. You understand that? God is nothing but a show me God. All of your faith is totally dead without action. God don't believe that you're going to ever pass out of track unless you show him. You can talk about winning souls for the next five years and bringing lost people to church. God don't believe nothing you say. He don't believe that you're ever going to bring a lost person to church until you go get them and bring them and show him. See, talk is cheap. Talk is nothing. Since that didn't go over. He said, well, you know, show me that you will. I said, all right. So I walked back in the congregation, and I said, you foul devils that's trying to wreck this woman's life in Jesus' name, I command you obey me. Come out of her! And she stood up right in my face, I mean, you know, several feet from me, about as far as me to the front row, stuck her chest out, and there was a spirit came on her, brother, come up out of her, and said, in Lucifer's name, I won't come out. Do you understand me? I said, well, I've got a hot one tonight. I can see that one. <laughs> Those kinds of things are not for boys who come to church to play church. You either know what you're doing or you don't. If you don't know what you're doing, you better just go home and get out of the bed because you better not get those kind of cases. I said, and Jesus sent me here to cast you out, and I take authority over you, and I begin to climb over the seats, about three rows of uh, seats from which I walked back there, and she was standing. I said, come out of her, I said, in Jesus' name, come out of her. And I began to put, I began to put 
faith pressure on the devil. Always remember this. You'll never be healed. Our devils will never leave you until you put faith pressure on the devil. You have to pressure that cancer with your knowledge of God's healing power. And let that cancer know it can't stand in the face of God's healing power. You have to let anything in your body know. You have to put pressure on that thing. Jesus is the, the best surgeon in town. And he's operating on me now. You can't stand in my body, you foul thing, you. Get out of me. Unless you put pressure on the works of hell, they will remain as they are. And you will get weaker and weaker and weaker, and finally you'll just die. And it's because that you don't know the knowledge and the power there is in Jesus' name. And if you do know it, you don't know how to apply it. And if you do know how, you're ashamed to apply it in front of your friends. Most people are, you know. Most everybody is ashamed to apply the power there is in Jesus' name against devils in front of their friends and relatives. I wouldn't care if President Reagan was sitting on the front bench and all of my relatives were sitting beside of him. I got set free from man years ago where the gospel is concerned. I have no shame in me where the gospel is concerned, none whatsoever. Your doctrines and your church means 15 cents worth of nothing to me. Do you understand that? If you don't have chapter and verse for your believing, I got news for you. You don't have nothing. You got to have chapter and verse for your believing. But that's not the way that we do it here. We do it. Who cares how you do anything? I don't, and God don't, and Holy Ghost don't, and Jesus don't, so you're a blank. <laughs> the only things God did is you using his son's name and getting victory. For who? Anybody that wants it. Just name somebody that wants it. It's free for them. And that moment when, she, when I started putting pressure, going towards her, putting pressure in Jesus' name, come out of her. Jesus' name, let her go. Come out of her, I said. She began to go, ah, ah, fell backwards. You know, and the Lord said, call 40 people up here and have them to pray in spirit. Hard and fast. I was in Indiana at that time. You know, they got some Satan churches in Indiana through that section of the, of the world. I said, well, 40 of you Hoosiers, get up out of your seat and come up here and pray in the spirit, God said. And do it now. You know, them Hoosiers, they'll do anything you tell them to do. <laughs> they jumped up out of their seat, man, like a wild bunch of people. Ran over there and started praying the Spirit. When they did, she started screaming. Ah! Screaming with a loud voice. I just stepped back, and they prayed, uh, how long? Well, you pray until God comes. What do you mean, how long? It wasn't too long that night. That happened about 10 o'clock at the end of my service after I got through teaching and praying for people. We started praying for about 10 o'clock, and, and the Lord set her free about 2 o'clock in the morning. The Holiday Inn, it was the Holiday Inn ballroom. The Holiday Inn manager, he was nice. He, he didn't know what was going on, but he was... <laughs> after she screamed for about an hour, and people around her praying in another language about an hour, 
Well, after about an hour, he walked in, the Holiday Inn manager did, and says, what's going on? <laughs> I said, nothing. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean, what's going on? He kept looking back there at about 40, 50 people over a girl praying in tongues as loud as they could, and she was screaming. <laughs> he said, and he kept looking back at her, and he says, I'm just wondering what's going on. I said, nothing. He kept looking back there. Oh, I said, you mean that back there? Oh, I said, that's, that's nothing. That's just everyday work. <laughs> it's nothing. I said, the devil just tried to take that girl over. I said, all they're doing is praying and just casting the devil out of her. She'll be all right after a while, as soon as God comes. I said, he'll be here in a little while. <laughs> when, you pay, when you pay the price of prayer, he always comes. All the time. And so he said, I said, don't worry about it. I said, everything's all right. Everything's under order. She'll be all right. They're, they're just... I'll get, them devils, get those devils out of her after a while. She'll be okay then. She'll be normal. He said, Oh. Okay. I said, Oh, yeah. There's nothing to that. That's just everyday work with us. He said, Oh. Okay. So he's going to leave the ballroom. He'd turn around and walk a few steps. Turn around, look at me, and look at them. He'd say, Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and he just left, got the door, kept the door open, looked back. I mean, you got, you got 40, 50 people praying in another language in your ballroom, and a girl underneath them screaming. <laughs> he thought it was a little odd, but. Just for a New Testament church that represents the Lord Jesus Christ, it's everyday work. You don't let devils take over human beings. And I'm just like you. I don't, I don't know how to do everything. But the Holy Ghost does. I didn't know she was a Satan worshiper. I didn't know that she'd been beaten when she went to church. But she had. Several Sundays had beat her when she'd go to church. Satan has three sacrifices in his church for human beings that wants to worship him and have devil power. The first sacrifice he has that you must have sex in front of the church in the nude. And the second sacrifice, you must drink human blood in front of the church. But the third and final sacrifice, where you can be an elder in the Satan church and get power from him, you have to go out and kill a child yourself and bring the blood in from the child that you killed and drink the blood in front of the church from a child that you killed. And then you are full-fledged, you have passed the sacrifices of the Satan church. 
And uh, so now you're a member. Well, this woman had passed two of them, but she wouldn't go kill a child. And every Sunday, because she wouldn't obey Satan and go through the third sacrifice, the people in the church, the men in the church, would whip her with whips in front of the church. Next Sunday, she'd come back and whip her again. But 35 ladies in that town had been praying for her for three years. And God sent me to town to hold a seminar. And they got her in the seminar the last night. And they prayed. From 10 to 11, the holiday and manager came in. And at 12 o'clock, I mean, at 12 o'clock, the fellow came in. He says, well, he said, it's the city law that we have to close the ballroom at 12 o'clock. The fire marshal won't let us keep it open beyond 12 o'clock, the ballroom. So the people came to me and says, what do you want us to do, Brother Norville? I said, I want you to pray in the Holy Spirit, just like God said, until God comes. They said, well, what do you want us to do? We have to leave the ballroom. I said, oh, it's no big deal. Just wrap her up in a sheet and drag her outside, beside of the Holiday Inn, out there in the grass and back her up against the wall. <laughs> and I'll let you get around her where she can't get away and run through the fields like a scared rabbit. And I said, just hold her and pray for her until God comes. So they said, are you kidding? I says, no, I'm not kidding. Do you understand English? <laughs> they said, okay. So they went and got her, wrapped a sheet around her, drug her outside, put her in the grass, and prayed from midnight till 2 o'clock in the morning in tongues, about 40 or 50 Hoosiers in Indiana. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden, God's power came out of heaven like a whirlwind up on her and knocked every devil out of her and restored her right in front of your eyes into being a normal human being. And that's what he'll do for you, too, when you pay the price. If you don't pay the price, then it won't come. Thank God for people who pray for you. My daughter Zona went to the doctor some time ago, you know, and she called me up one day, and she says, Daddy, the dentist says that uh, because I've got several teeth in my mouth that's loose. And the dentist says that, my, that he's going to have to uh, it's going to cost a lot of money, and he's going to have to cut in and scrape the bones and do what he can to see if he can get the teeth tight. But I've got several teeth loose. And he says, it's, it's a terrible, painful operation. And she said, Daddy, I don't want the operation. I want the Lord to heal me. And I said, well, we'll just pray, honey. And so, naturally, we prayed. But I've got a bunch of intercessors, the drama team. My Bible college has got three teams, has a drama ministry. And it got so popular the year, a fellow named David Woodrow started a student there at school. And it got, so, it got to be a good thing there at the school. And then he got a group together and started the ministry with one group. Then they got him a van and he started putting on dramas across the country. Then God gave him another team and then another team. That's three teams he's got now. But the drama team was there one day making intercession with the intercessors back there in the intercessory room at the Bible school. And all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost spoke to them. Nobody didn't know it except me, you know. And uh, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost spoke to them and told them to, uh, 
uh, pray. Now, so you'll know, understand the more of the working of God. I didn't know anything about this, and two or three weeks later after it happened, Zona went back to the doctor and uh, for having to examine her again before he began to cut in. And he went, she went back and he says, something has happened to you, young lady. He said, you don't need nothing. He said, your mouth is totally healed and all of your teeth is tightened up. He said, that can't be so. That's, it's not right. It can't be that way. Your mouth was in terrible shape, the bones and everything, you know. And when you was in here a few days ago, what in the world has happened to you? And she called me up. She says, Daddy, the Lord's given me a miracle. She said, my mouth is perfect, the doctor said, and I don't have to have that. Well, I was after school, you know, a few days after that, you know. And David Woodrow came up to me and says, Norval, I want to ask you a question. He said, you know, we're back in intercession. He said, now listen to this. He said, has something been wrong with Zona's mouth? I said, what do you want to know for? Well, he said, about two or three weeks ago, we were back in intercession back there in the room. He says, I haven't told you about it. He said, in the Lord, all of a sudden, I began to get a funny feeling in my mouth. He said, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, pray for Zona's mouth. He said, so I told the intercessors, and we all began to pray for Zona's mouth and in the spirit, and we began to break the power and pray for her mouth. The Holy Ghost said, pray for her mouth. So you don't get God to manifest himself unless you pray, usually, or through somebody else's ministry. You have to pay the price to pray, my brother and sister. So they prayed for her a long time in the spirit, and just all of a sudden, because they prayed enough that God was pleased with, he performed a miracle in Zona's mouth with her teeth. And just give her a new mouth. Praise God forever. Through students that prayed for her when the Holy Ghost said, pray for her mouth. Well, last year I had the revival here one night. I never will forget that night. The Lord, I began to get a funny feeling in my mouth. The Lord said, well, pray for people's teeth to be filled. And I reached out to the camera like that, you know, there's thousands of people watching in churches and homes too. And I said, everybody, if you got anything wrong with your mouth, put your hand on your mouth. God's going to fill your teeth. He wants to fill your teeth. And so I just reached out and prayed like that. And you begin to get phone calls in. My, my, my teeth was rotten and now they're filled. God's filled my teeth. You said, do you mean to tell me that God fills teeth? Well, sure. Are you kidding? God will do anything for you. If you will deny his power, he'll do anything for you. What difference? God makes teeth all the time. It's no big deal for him to make teeth. No big difference at all. Make teeth. Blessed be God forever. I'm telling you, the Lord, but you can't deny God's power. You can't deny it. All right? The uh, title of my message tonight is Jesus Is. Well, Jesus is what? Well, name something. Just name something good, and that's what he is. Some churches know Jesus as Savior. Then they come and stop there. But Jesus is a Savior. Jesus is a financial provider. Jesus is a healer. See, regardless of what you believe, Jesus is a miracle worker. 
and Jesus is the best surgeon in your town. And God has the power. God has power to speak worlds into existence. He has healing power. I leave here in the morning going to Cleveland, Tennessee. I'll be teaching there tomorrow night at the Bible School Auditorium. We're having a healing school all next week, Monday through Friday. Three sessions a day, a healing school, where we can teach you how to be healed. Bless God forever. And you can be healed. No, question, no, no reason why you can't be healed. You can just do so much on three nights when you're on camera and on satellite, you just do so much. But at a Bible college where you just got all the time in the world, and besides, when you own the place, you can do anything you want to do. <laughs> if you want to teach three hours, you just teach three hours. It don't make no difference. Just whatever you want to do. Teach 30 minutes or three hours. And so the school's a little bit different setup. So you can teach. You have time to teach and teach and teach and teach. That's the reason I mentioned sometime, maybe coming back here sometime, because this, you know, this place here is like a healing center. The healing power of God is here so strong, blessed God forever. Coming back sometime and holding a week, a full week, or even two weeks, advertise it as a healing school, and just let people come in all the time and just flat set them down and just teach cripples how they can walk off morning, afternoon, and night. Every day, just pound it every day, every day, every day. You know, thousands of people would get help. <coughs> blessed be the name of the Lord. So if you don't know how to be healed and you'd like to learn how to be healed, you can come to Cleveland next week and learn. But God has power. He has power to speak worlds into existence. God has power to do whatever He wants to do. God has power to build, a, a, cause a pillar of fire to come, a wall of fire to come in front of Pharaoh's army and stop them out in the middle of the desert. I mean, just stop them dead. Keep them there for a long time until Moses made up his mind to stretch his staff out over the Red Sea and it parted. After the children of Israel got through, he lifted the, lifted the fire in front of the army and they took off after him. Well, as you know, all of them, they got drowned and killed. God has power to do anything that you can want him to do. And don't try to tell him how to do it. Just don't try to tell him how to do it. He has power to do anything you want to, to make the burning bush that Moses could see it, to talk out of a bush and say, Moses, take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. God has the power to let a streak of fire come out of heaven and go into a big stone and write in perfect English the Ten Commandments if he wants to, and then hew the stone out and just put it right in your hands and say, here it is. That's what the world needs to live by. Thou shalt not do this, and thou shalt not do that, and thou shalt do this, and thou shalt do this, but thou shalt not do this, because those things will get you in trouble with God when you do them. It'll curse your life when you do them. And so if you don't obey God, you're in trouble already. So God has power. But the beautiful part of it is, God gave His power over to the church. When Jesus died on the cross, 
He gave his power over to the church, my brother and sister. And the power, you can have as much of God's power as you want to do anything. He has the power and will give you the power to create ideas that you could make lots of money in your business. But as long as you deal in the natural, then God can help you because you're over in God's permissive will and He can help you. God is a spirit. And those that trust Him must trust Him in spirit and in truth. He has the power to do anything He wants to do. He has the power to operate on you. He probably operated on some of you tonight openly. But he won't use to operate on all of you openly because he's a faith God and he likes for you to believe him by faith. Sometimes you pray for people, don't feel a thing, go back and something hot begins to appear in their body and their tumor disappears or whatever, you know, it just happens that way. Sometimes you get healed on the way to the car, sometimes you get healed here. God is a faith God. Everybody say, God is a faith God. He's not any other kind of God. He's a, He's a faith God. And faith worketh, and faith worketh by, love. by love. See, He loves you. And He wants you to love Him enough to believe His words and to trust Him by faith and claim what He's promised to you before you ever see it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so God has the power to do anything He wants to do. And he wants to do everything for you, and you can get the power working for you, too. In any capacity that you choose to, it's all free, and it's all available for you. All you have to do is accept the Lord Jesus Christ, accept God's Son as your personal Savior, and give your life to him, and not be ashamed of Jesus' name on earth in front of anybody. Not be ashamed. Not be ashamed! Not be ashamed to do the work of God. And you can have anything you want. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to the book of Romans, chapter 13, for the first scripture. That's getting ready to stretch your mind. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 13 of the book of Romans. Now listen closely. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Everybody say, every soul means me. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, the powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now, I gave that testimony first there. I didn't know I was going to do that when I got up here, but I did. Because it's a good testimony about praying until God comes to drive devils out of a woman that was living in torment, living in hell. But if you believe in God's power, you can pray the power down from heaven to earth. The Holy Ghost lives in you, and he's a person sent from heaven, and he has all the knowledge of heaven. 
He knows how to do everything. He's been sent here to teach you how to do it. And, but, but you get your information from the Word of God. And while you're reading the Word of God, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, the Holy Ghost, He will unfold the Word to you so your natural mind can understand it. Not only understand it, it can receive it, and you can receive what God's promised you. You can see it with your spiritual eyes. You have, as a human being, two sets of eyes. You have a set of eyes in the top of your head that you see how to get across the street with. Then you have another set of eyes down here that you your spiritual eyes down here, way down deep in your innermost being. That's where you see into another world. That's where you believe the Bible at. See, until you become a Bible reader, until you get God's Word on the inside of you, the set of eyes down here, the set of eyes down here that lives inside of your being way down here can't ever see anything. They only see what the Word of God says. And if you don't get the Word of God on the inside of you, the spiritual eyes, your spiritual eyes can only see according to your knowledge. And the more of God's Word you get on the inside of you, the more of heaven's knowledge that you'll have on the inside of you. Because heaven has everything that you need. There is no flaws in heaven. There's no sickness there. There's no poverty there. God is real healthy. He's full of joy and full of peace. And He's extremely wealthy. Get that straight. God is extremely wealthy. And God wants you and saved you to be like Him. Not somebody else, or not the doctrine of your church. God saved you. You are, when God saved you, you've been saved by the blood of Jesus. He paid the best sacrificial price He had for your salvation. And for you to receive the things from heaven. God lives in heaven, my brother and sister, and He has everything. He's extremely wealthy, and He has everything. He has nothing in defeat. He don't even believe in defeat. Defeat is not even in God's vocabulary. Not even in it. And He also has angels, millions of them, that comes from heaven down to earth, and they work here on earth, been assigned to work here. And God, send, God can send special angels from heaven to earth to bring specific messages that needs to be brought in a time of need or in a desperate situation. But he also has guardian angels that stays here and protects you and helps you if you just knew that. Angels will help you. Bless it be God forever. But any church or any human being that denies the power of Almighty God, you will receive unto yourself nothing except damnation. That's what you'll receive. You'll have to live in the natural life, and of course, as you know, after a while, the natural life is a struggle. And you do something, and you have to watch what you do, how you make a living, a certain thing, because some things you do, even though the world may know your name, and you, you may think that you're a big shot with this, and, but you have to watch what you do in your life. You can't do things in your life that destroys human beings or damages human beings. If you do that, 
there will be a supernatural curse come upon you, not just a normal curse, but there will be a supernatural curse come upon you, and you and your offsprings will be destroyed and live in turmoil and agony and hell all of your days. The Kennedy family is a good example of that. The Kennedy family lives in Massachusetts. I'm sure they are probably real sweet people and real nice people. But you see, God is a holy God, and you cannot sell whiskey for a living. You just have to know that about God. Whiskey, drinking whiskey, is the nation's number one damnation thing that's down more homes than anything else. And you're not listening to a novice. I've already been there. For years, I worked in prisons a lot, federal penitentiaries and state penitentiaries. And as far as I know, all of them in America are full and have a long waiting list for guys to get in prison. Hundreds of thousands of them are in prison, in state penitentiaries and in federal penitentiaries. And 87% of the men that's in prison they committed the crime they committed while they were under the influence of alcohol. Drinking alcohol changes the thinking of your brain. One of the great messages I've ever heard in my life was at the First Baptist Church in, at Gainesville, Florida, at the University of Florida. Me being raised as Baptist and helped build the First Baptist Church, I was visiting the University of Florida in Gainesville, Florida, and I went to the First Baptist Church on Sunday morning to hear Dr. So-and-so preach a message. And that morning, he preached on the subject from having records from the laboratory of the University of Florida, preached on the message of how alcohol damages the human brain and the human thinking. And it shows in the laboratory at University of Florida that one teaspoonful of whiskey going into a human body causes the human brain to change its normal way of thinking. Two teaspoonfuls causes it another way. Three teaspoonfuls another way. And it keeps on damaging your brain. If you don't put enough alcohol in your body, it will damage your brain to the point that you have no thinking, that you're just like a vegetable, you could kill us what you do. You'll go to bed with your neighbor's wife or a dog if it's close to you, you have no sense. You're a sloppy drunk. A sloppy drunk is the most disgusting thing in the world. Totally disgusting. And uh, that's the reason they commit so many crimes, they commit so many sins, because when you get drunk, you don't know what you're doing. Your brain goes out of focus. You can't even think. Thousands of drunks will tell you, oh, no, don't tell me I did all those things last night. My God, you mean I did all those things last night? Yes, you did them, and more, too. You act like an idiot. And the prisons are full of them, precious American people who kind of whiskey. But I mean, I love the Kennedy family myself. I think they're nice people. But they sold whiskey for a living. 
And you can't sell whiskey for a living and get God to approve of it. If you sell whiskey to human beings, see, God is precious and Jesus is precious and they make human beings. And if you sell whiskey to human beings to wreck their home and to make them drunk and to put their children in prison, if you sell whiskey to them, you just automatically have a curse come up on you. And God will see to it that it comes up on you. I said, God will see to it that the curse comes up on you and all of your children. You couldn't talk me into selling whiskey to, people, to human beings. I mean, if you offered me $10 million a week, I wouldn't sell whiskey. Because your life goes under a curse that moment. You can't sell anything that damages a human being. I am telling you that God makes human beings. And you can't do that. Don't ever do anything to, to, to damage a human being. I mean, I don't know, you know, Washington, D.C., I mean, I love America, and I love our government, but you know, in Washington, D.C., they're not overloaded with brains. <laughs> How that bunch in Washington, D.C. ever got permission to make decisions, I'll never know. Well, I mean, not for human beings. It'd be all right for a bunch of dogs but not for human beings. I mean, anybody would give anybody permission to sell whiskey to families, they're crazy. And if you don't believe they're crazy, let them follow me around. Let me I'd like to take President Reagan around and just show him the prisons and make him listen. Make him listen. Why are you in here? Well, I, I got in here, I'm in here and I got 60 years for raping a girl. Well, what made you rape the girl? Well, I was on whiskey, and I was, I was, I've been on whiskey and stuff, you know, and I, I, I didn't really know what I was doing to that degree, and I mean, you know, I drank too much, and, and I don't really know what I'm doing, I just, uh, uh. and I'd turn around to President Reagan, and I'd say, why do you give anybody permission to sell that, that rot gut stuff for? Don't you know that you've wrecked this young man's life? Not you personally, but I mean the law. Don't you know the law has wrecked this man's life and now he's in prison for 60 years? I'd like to take the whole Supreme Court, the vice president, the president, and everybody else there. I'd like to take them with me sometime to families. I worked in the Ministry of Helps for seven years, carrying food to poor families. Take them with me to women's houses that's got four, five, and six little children that the husband has left because of the influence of alcohol. Can't take care of them. I mean, you know, I love America, but some of our stuff that we've passed to give to human beings is, you know, far out, brother. It's far out. I'm telling you, it's far out. And the reason I say it's far out is because God won't approve of it. I don't care what you do, God won't approve of it. Say, well, it makes a lot of money. Well, big deal. Who cares about money if you're going to wreck the human race? And alcohol is one of the things that's down this nation. Alcohol is the number one damnation to this country. Dope is the next one. And divorce is the next one. The only reason Americans, the only reason half of the people in America gets divorced because they can just call up a lawyer and adds in the paper, you know, uh, uh, give me $50 and I'll get you a divorce. 
You know, overseas in the old countries, you can't hardly get a divorce. It's like you're stuck. But here, I mean, you know, you know, if he ever stops kissing you, just get a divorce and get another one. <laughs> well, I got news for you. God's power would manifest itself, and we could bring God's power to earth a lot more if we'd get our thinking straightened out. But if you don't get your thinking straightened out, I don't care if it's a nation, I don't care if it's a city or a state or an individual. If you don't get your thinking straightened out, God's power is not going to come and bless you. You need to understand that. God's power is not going to come in and bless you. And I know it's not President Reagan's fault, basically, because they tell him basically what to do and pass the laws. He's just there. Thank God for President Reagan. I love him. I think he's a Christian. But I wouldn't agree. That's the reason I'm not president, because if I was president, I'd kick the chains off. Well, I've just been on earth so much, I, 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 I make people face reality. Amen. I'd take all the prisoners in America, the number of prisoners in America, the number of homes is wrecked and all the alcoholic anonymous and everything. I'd, I'd show it to the Supreme Court. I'd make them look at it. Amen. Members of the cabinet. I said, this is what you're doing to the human race because you allow whiskey to be sold. This is what you're doing to the human race. And that's the thing where... Well, they can just drink socially. You know, they don't have to normal. No, you can't sell people rotten gut stuff and expect them to make their own decision. They're going to drink it until they get drunk, dog drunk, don't know what they're doing. You can't sell it, period. God won't approve of it, period. And if you do it, you're going to be damned yourself. You're denying God's power to come. And so, by faith in God, you bring His power to earth. You have to find things that God won't approve of. And the number one thing that God approves of from any human being is to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. To do good things, not sell whiskey. I'm not talking about those kind of decisions. Those kind of decisions that's made in Washington, D.C. does not come from God. Amen. Believe me, those kind of decisions, all of your whiskey stores in Dallas did not come from God. Right. Every one of them comes straight from hell. Amen. Every one of them. But they do it legally, though. But Washington, D.C. should have never passed laws like that. Take them around, make them look the result of it, and I don't know if it'll stop it or not. See, when you get gullible for money, you want, you, you'll do nearly anything for money. Not knowing if you get in the will of God, God can shower His blessings down upon you. Blessed be God forever. It's like sometimes church members, they think, well, I can just do anything I want to do. No, you can't. You can't believe God in the way you want to. Like a man said in Pennsylvania to me one time, I, I, I was giving a, a, a question and answer session, and I said, who will be first? And he said to me, he says, uh, Brother Hayes, I want to ask you a question. He says, my wife and me uh, are sick. We've been sick for a long time, and we work for God, and we love the Lord. And, and I, I want to ask you, well, why don't God heal us? I said, God's not going to heal you because you've been committing sin. The moment he said that, God gave me a scripture. Just like that, just that quick, God gave me a scripture. And the Holy Spirit said to my spirit, flag him down with that scripture. Yeah, now here's a spirit-filled Christian. One of the leaders in town said, my wife and me are spirit-filled, Pentecostal people, love God with all of our heart, and we work for God. And we work for God all the time because we love him. We're good standing in our church. And I want to ask you a question. We pray, and why don't God heal us? And God gave me a scripture. He said, flag him down. So I knew what the scripture said. So I, I, flagged, I, I began to flag him down. 
I said, well, God won't heal you because you've been committing sin. He said, what? I just stopped there and let him ask a question. He said, I said, God won't heal you because you've been committing sin. He said, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I've not been committing sin. I love the Lord, and I live my life clean, and my wife lives her life clean, and we're Pentecostal people, and we love the Lord, but we both have a disease, and, 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 and we pray, but God don't heal us. And I want to ask you a question. Why don't God heal us? I said, do you understand English? And he said, yes, sir. I said, okay, let me say it again. I said, God won't heal you because you've been committing sin. He said, uh, uh, Mr. Hayes, I, I, I live right. I haven't been committing sin. He said, I haven't been committing sin. He said, have you, honey? <laughs> and she said, she said, no, no. I said, well, maybe you don't understand English as well as I thought you did. I said, God won't ever heal you because you've been committing sin. He said, uh, 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 I, I don't know what you mean. Uh, where have I been committing sin? I said, I thought you'd never ask. I said, you've been committing sin because of your doubt. Doubt will damn you because doubt cuts God's power off from you completely. And when you cut God's power off completely, you're automatically damned. The book of Romans says, you shall receive unto yourself damnation. If you deny the power of God, you receive to yourself damnation. Did it say that? And he, he said, doubt? I said yes. What do you mean asking me a question? Why don't God heal us? I said the Lord's already healed you. By his stripes you were healed. You can read, can't you? He said, yes, sir. I said, well, why don't you start thanking God for healing you? Well, I'm waiting for God to heal me. I said, no, don't wait for God to heal you. He's already healed you. I said, start thanking God in advance. I said, whatever you thank God for before you see it, faith is not seen. Whatever you thank God for before you see it, Jesus will let you see it. You have to thank God for it before you see it, my brother. Faith is not seen. You have to thank God for it before you see it. He said, really? He said, really? Faith, doubt? Is no faith? I'm damned? He said, is that in the Bible? I said, if it wasn't, I wouldn't be saying it. Like Bob said a while ago. Somebody called in and says, is what he said in the Bible? Bob said, I don't know. Call him. <laughs> Romans 14. It'll shake you up too. It's all in there. It'll shake your brain though, I can tell you that. That's the reason I told you I had one of those messages tonight. Romans chapter 14 over on the next page. All right, now, 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 now follow me closely. Uh, verse 22, now follow me closely. Uh, the first three words has a question mark after the word faith, and it says, Hast thou faith? Look at me. I don't know if you do or not, do you? God's asking you a question here. It's a question mark there. Look at the question mark after the first three words. God's asking you a question. Hast thou faith? I don't know. I don't live inside of you. You have to answer that question yourself. If you haven't been reading the Bible very much lately, you don't have faith. I can tell you that now. Forget it. Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. 
Faith don't come any other way except you reading God's Word and quoting God's Word and believing God's Word. Right, now, follow me closely. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God? Do you have faith yourself before Almighty God? Do you have it? I wish to God this country had enough faith to believe that God would provide their needs instead of selling whiskey for their needs. I just wish to God the whole Supreme Court, Regan, Vice President, and all the rest of them would get on their knees in the White House and begin to thank God for the needs of the country being met, all the needs of the country being met, give them ideas to make money for the country if it needs to be met, and demolish all whiskey license and throw it in the garbage where it belongs. Do you have any faith? Have it to thyself before God? Well, happy is he that condemneth, that, that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. Don't condemn yourself if you allow the devil to give you cancer. Don't condemn yourself if you're not living a victorious life today. Be wise enough to learn about God. Change your way of thinking. Get over into the world of faith. Find out what you have to do to get faith. Find out then how faith works. Faith brings God's power down to earth from heaven, and nothing else brings it. Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please Him. Faith in God, your faith in God brings God's power down from heaven to your house all the time. Well, it never comes to my house. Well, you don't have enough faith. You don't have the quality of faith that it takes. Verse 23, you're not ready for it, but you're going to get it anyway. The Bible said in verse 23, and he that doubteth is damned. Is that right? That is, if he eat. Because he eateth not of faith, you're eating of doubt. Because he eateth not of faith, you're eating of doubt. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That's the reason when I told the guy, God won't heal you, you've been committing sin, mister. Somebody asked you, why don't God heal me? That's not faith. That's the farthest thing from faith in the world. Why don't God heal me? God has already healed you. Do you understand that? By his stripes you were healed. That's past tense my brother and sister, God's already healed you. Why on God's green earth don't you stand up in your life and be bold about it and thank God for your healing before you ever get it? But I'm waiting. I got pain in me, Brother Noble. Well, why don't you stand up by faith and say, pain, I take authority over you in Jesus' name. Go from me. I don't resist God's power. I resist the devil. And I claim God's power to come and visit me. Bless God forever. And if you don't, you're going to be damned, the Bible said. Whatsoever, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And I always remember this as long as you live. Sin separates a man from God. Well, where, how does faith come? All right, real quick like now. Chapter 10 in the book of Romans. How does faith come to you? All right, chapter 10 Verse 17, Norval, how can I get this kind of faith? Only one way, not two ways, only one. 
Verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Well, okay, if I get faith, then where's it at? Well, it better be in your belly on the foundation of God's word, and it better come out your mouth. All right, now notice real close here, over in verse 8, chapter 10, the book of Romans, verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach. Now look real closely for about the next minute. Look straight at me, I want to tell you something. You probably never seen anything like this in your life. But a man sat there and heard me teach on this. And he said, I'm, and he, he bought a tape series of me and mine, How to Live and Not Die. And I have a tape series, a tape series here on God's healing power, How to Live and Not Die, and one, How to Deal with Satan and Demons. How to Deal with Satan and Demons. Demons and Satan will kill you and make you all, put all kinds of things on you. And, and God's healing power, but this one, how to deal with Satan and demons. You have to know how to deal. He had a hole in his belly eaten through. There's a great big tumor here in his belly already eaten through like this. No hope for him at all, not even one chance in 10 minutes. He's an auctioneer living in California. I said, the word of faith is nigh you even in your mouth. Jesus said you can have what you say. Don't put up with no devils and don't resist God's power. If you resist God's power, damnation will come upon you, just like it has already right now. I said, but God's power performed a miracle for you. And he kept listening to that tape series of mine, How to Deal with Satan and Demons and How to Live and Not Die. And you can have what you say. I got one tape series that's entitled The Power of Confession. So he kept listening and he listened and he listened and he listened day after day after day because he had no hope. And he kept saying, you can't stay in me. In Jesus' name, I command all cancer to break loose and come out of me. In Jesus' name, come out of me. In Jesus' name, you can't stay in me, cancer. Go from me. Come out of me, cancer. You can't stay in me. Come out of me. In Jesus' name, come out of me. He listened to these tapes and build him up, see? Build him up. Come out of me. And so he's taking a shower one day, and he's just taking a shower like this right here, and all of a sudden, that cancer, and Jim was big as a grapefruit, eating, eating all the hole here, ugliest thing you've ever seen in your life. Taking a shower, he said, in Jesus' name, come out of me. And it popped out of his belly and hit the bottom of the shower there. God, it healed him totally. Not only popped out, not only popped out, you have to learn how to deal with the devil, my brother and sister. I don't care if a person's demon-possessed, praying in tongues over him, or if the devil's trying to kill you with cancer. You have to learn how to deal with the devil. Outside of victory, it's all the work of hell anyway. All of it. Everything that's damaging you right now is the work of hell. I hate to say this, but the thing that's killed all of the Kennedy children, bless their hearts. And Mr. Kennedy had to live the years of his life in a wheelchair, watching his children die one by one, and with all of his millions, he could do nothing about it whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing about it. It's awful to have to sit there and watch that. It's like some kind of curse has come up on you. It's like you're damned and you can't do anything about it. Well, you have to watch what you're saying, what you're doing. Are you doing something to be damned? Are you doing something? Are you saying things to be damned? Are you going to a cold church that don't believe in this kind of thing? If you do, what do you go there for? 
Why don't you believe Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the book of Romans? Why don't you learn for yourself what it is? Why don't you learn for yourself? Not only the Kennedy family had to suffer and suffer and suffer, I know many families suffer and suffer and suffer and suffer and suffer. Suffer and suffer. I own beer. Listen to him. I know a fellow that's a good friend of mine. And he got saved but wouldn't take the bar out of his restaurant. And God put up with it for about three or four years. And one day he would take it out and it burned down. You only push God so far. You have to watch yourself. We're doing close. You only push God so far and it's all over, honey. I got news for you. It's all over. And God's healing powers for you, and God's miracle working powers for you, and you can have any kind of blessing you want through the word of faith, which is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. You don't have to put up with, God, with, with the work of hell. God's power is available for you in Jesus' name, totally available for you. Do you understand that? It is available for you. Now, you can watch it yourself on a satellite or here in the audience. You can watch it yourself. Now, here's the man who says, I have an enlarged heart. Well, I got news for you. Now, listen to me talk to him. I got news for you. You have come to the right place to get your heart turned back normal size again. You say, well, do you think he will? No, I don't think. I know he will. If you believe it, he will. Where are you at with an enlarged heart? Would you get up out of your seat and come and stand right here in front of me? I got a note here that says you have an enlarged heart. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. Opal. Are you Opal? Lord's heart to heal you. Are you Opal? Yes, I'm Opal. You have an enlarged heart. And the doctor, I was in the hospital three weeks ago, and he said I have an enlarged heart, but I've been here a week, and God's right it touched my body. There's that. All right. All right. All right. Now, you see, she said, I've been here for a week. The doctor said about a week ago or some time ago that she had an enlarged heart. The doctor said three weeks ago she had an enlarged heart. But she said, I've been here for a week, and the Lord's already touched my body, and I told my daughter, don't write that. She, the Lord's already touched me. Are you her daughter? Which one's her daughter wrote this? Yeah. She won't the word of faith is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. It's in your mouth, honey. It's in your mouth. And I can tell you right now, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Say thank you, Lord. Say thank you, Lord. For a normal size heart. For a normal size heart. And do it every day. And this other two, I had a bladder infection, he said. But I had to go. They couldn't cure, but God's cured that Well, she's been here for a week. She said, well, I had a bladder infection too, but they couldn't care, but they couldn't cure it. But she said, uh, God's already cured it too, so. Um. That's the kind of faith that works. That's the kind of faith that works. Sometimes you pray for somebody in a wheelchair. You just say, well, what do you sit on a wheelchair for? Just, just get up and walk off. Just be bold. Just get up and walk off. They go, oh, why not? You just get up and walk off. Action to your faith, my brother and sister. Well, I mean, that's what you have, the action to your faith. We have any cancer patients tonight? This is my last night here for a while. 
And as you know, I'm, I hate cancer. It killed my mother and I hate it. I hate cancer. Anybody in the audience have any cancer in your body? If you do, would you come down here? Let me curse that dumb thing in Jesus' name. Anybody in the audience have cancer in your body? Don't put up with that stuff. It'll kill you. Do you have any kind of cancer in your body? Or do you have skin cancer? I tell you, God's healed a bunch of them in the last two or three weeks. Look like all the cancer patients have been healed. Here some time ago, most churches are not ready for this, but it's the truth anyway. Here some time ago, I was in the Assembly of God Church, speaking one Sunday night. People lined up across the front, and I was praying for them. I came to the Assembly of God fellow. He said, I have a skin cancer. I want the Lord to remove it. Now listen to this. I said, I curse the skin cancer in Jesus' name, and I command it to die and disappear by God's power. He turned around. He said, thank you, I'm healed. About like this lady here, just thank you. Thank you, man. Turned around and sat on the front bench. And as, as he started to sit down like this, he started to sit down now. He has skin cancer all over him. He started to sit down like this, and he goes, ow, it's all gone. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. He said, Look at me. Look at me. All the skin cancer's gone. I have new skin on me. I have new skin on me. It's all gone. New skin covered my body. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I said, first chapter of the book of Mark. Just like drinking a glass of milk. That's a piece of cake. Nothing to that. Just like the guy that didn't have one chance in 10 million to live. Eating up with cancer. His skin eaten out, eaten all the way to the hollow. And the tumor and cancer was as big as a grapefruit. No hope of living at all, none whatsoever. Why make the dumb thing leave? Knock it loose from your body. By the name of Jesus and by your confession, by God's power, knock it loose. You can break the devil's power from over your body. You can break the devil's power over your body by faith. You, if you knew how, can make any kind of disease leave you. You can make it leave you. You can make it leave you. And that's exactly what you'll have to do. You'll have to make it leave you because it don't leave voluntarily. Satan wants you to stay there to sap the life of God out of you and to destroy your flesh and destroy you. And you know what happens to you, know what happens to you people? You know what happens to you? When you do not take the time to learn what faith is and how you get it and what you must do for it to work for you and where faith is at, unless you take the time in your life to learn those things, you auto, it's an automatic thing. You have no choice. Your flesh is turned over to the curses of the world. And you have no defense. I can tell you now, you don't have any. You don't have any. That's the reason the hospitals are full. Because most people on earth do not take the time to build their faith upon God's Word. Faith is free. Faith 
cometh to you by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you would read the Bible strong, let me give you an example like this. The Word of the Lord came unto me again, saying, What mean you that you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel? Saying, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, saith the Lord God, you shall not have an occasion anymore to use this proverb in Israel and read God's Word out loud to yourself. It causes faith to show up. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes to you by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It comes to you. It automatically shows up automatically shows up. Many times I take weak preachers with me and weak pastors, disgusted pastors, weak pastors. Pastors just backslid. I take them with me and I say, just go with me for a week or two weeks. Sometimes they call me up. Can I go with you, Brother Norville, on a meeting? For God's sake, let me go with you for a week or two. I, they go with me and sit on the front bench. I said, sit on the front bench every night. Sit on the front bench every night, every night. And sit there and listen to the Word of God and watch God's power work. And within one week, they are spinning their wheels. Oh, glory to God. Where's the devil's at in Jesus' name? Where's the devil's at? Where's the sick people at? Let me at them in Jesus' name. Give me a Bible. Glory to God. Where's the work of hell? I want to do away with it in Jesus' name. God's power's real. Their faith gets built up in Jesus' name. Because you see, I don't never have any sad days. You say, well, who builds you up? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit every day to build yourself up in your most holy faith. Because I always remember this. Holy faith is the only kind that works anyway. Head faith don't work. I'm going to do it because Brother Hagin do it, does it? I got news for you. You might, after 40 years of preaching and studying the Bible, head faith don't work. It don't work. You have to pay the price, my brother and sister. If you want the book of Matthew to work for you, get Matthew in here, right in here. Take the time out of your busy life to build a foundation on the inside of you that produces power. Produces power. What do you mean by that? Produces power. That claims your rights in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you, faith sees no defeat. Faith knows no defeat. Faith listens to nothing except victory from the time the prayer is made until the manifestation comes. Faith does not see any pitfalls or symptoms or aches or pains from the time the prayer is made until the manifestation comes. If you ever start giving attention to anything except victory, listen closely, this will hurt you, but it's true. If you ever start giving attention to anything except victory, 
your faith just got nullified. It won't work for you. And all you'll be doing the next time I see you is wondering why your faith don't work. Wondering why God don't do something. Well, the reason God don't do it because your faith is not working. God is a faith God. Your faith has to work in God. You, unless God's power comes, your faith is not working. There are certain things you have to do to get your faith to work. 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 You have to stop taking inventory of yourself. What are you doing that causes these curses to come upon you? I don't know. You may be doing something that's not right. Like the family I mentioned to you tonight. Well, uh, I, I, I wish the curse would stop on them and give them blessings. Well, stop selling whiskey and you can get the blessing. The curse will lift and you can get the blessing. You never got any blessing when you was taking dope. You only thought you was getting blessings, but you didn't. Amen. It'll eventually kill you. You have to stop it. Get over into another world. Jack Daniels never gave you any blessings. Johnny and Jack only gives you good feelings. Johnny and Jack will wreck your life. If you listen to the devil, the devil will say, drink Johnny and chase him with Jack. <laughs> I got news for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you ought to go to Alcoholic Anonymous with me sometime. They're all over this country. All over this country. Doctors, lawyers, educated men all over this country. I mean, well-to-do men, millionaires, families, hooked, totally hooked. Hollywood is a prize place for that. People getting hooked on alcohol. They have a hospital. What's the name of it there? They go in there. Rada Hills, yes. And they go there to get off of whiskey because they're an alcoholic. It's not a disease. Some people say, well, homosexuality is a disease. No, it's not. It's devils. Well, uh, whiskey is, uh, drinking whiskey, I'm, I, I, I'm sick. I have, I'm sick. I need to go to, 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 to the hospital to get off of whiskey because I'm sick. No, you're not sick. You've got devils in you. Right. You've got a squirrely mind and you've got devils. Stop doing what you're doing. Don't think like you think. Change your thinking, my brother and sister. Change your thinking and the life of peace will come to you. And you can have the life of peace every day. Every day, every day, you can have the life of peace. The Lord's in a miracle-working business. I hate cancer. I want you to hate it. Every word you say to your mouth, I want you to speak against cancer in Jesus' name. I mean, starting tonight before you go to bed, I want you to let cancer know it'll never kill you. Amen. And it works the same way for everything. The word of faith is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. If you'll speak the word of faith in Jesus' name, God's power will come and demolish anything out of you. Dissolve it in Jesus' name. The Lord's the best surgeon I ever met. Bless God forever. Do you have cancer? Uh, I'm not sure. I have lumps in my body, but I'm not sure what they are, but I want to get rid of them, whatever they may be. All right. We'll just curse them in Jesus' name. Stretch your hand out here. Jesus. I curse the roots of these things in Jesus' yes, name, Jesus. and I command them to die and cease being and get out of his body in the name of the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, for thy mighty Jesus power removing them in Jesus' name. That's right. All right. Skin cancer. I curse this skin cancer in Jesus' name, and I command it to die. I curse it, and I command it to die. I curse the roots of it. I command it to die and disappear from his body 
and new skin come up on him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Every time you look in the mirror and shave and you catch, catch yourself looking at it, laugh at it. Make yourself laugh. Ha, 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 you can't stay on there. <laughs> keep on, keep on. Keep on laughing. If you have any kind of disease, Lord, just remind me that laughter's making like good medicine. It's good medicine for you. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You might be too weak to be healed, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. When you start doing something, God will help you. If you're sick tonight, stand on your feet in your seat right there and start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how many of you got healed all of a sudden. If I'd, said, if, I'd said, if I'd have said, line up, I'm going to lay hands on you. I'd have had 500 of you to line up. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you boldly. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. If you ever lose your joy, you've lost your strength. Now, I'm telling you, and listen to me. <laughs> I am telling you boldly that the Holy Spirit is precious. Amen. And he lives inside of you, and he will help you. If you're sick, I command you, obey me. Stand up and start laughing at the devil. Jesus' name in Jesus' name. 
Is that right, Lord? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I'll tell him. Uh, that's too weak. You didn't laugh long enough. God wants you to laugh more. I said, Lord, you want me to lay hands up on him? He said, son, you've laid hands up on him now until the... I'm sure your hair's loose. I've laid hands up on you so much. And listen closely. This is, going to really, this is going to really go over across America. Pastors, invite all of your sick people up front right now and tell them the life at that disease. Life at the devil. This life at the devil. Invite them up wherever you're at and tell them the life at the devil. In Jesus' name, life at the devil. Now, you... <laughs> Yes, sir, Lord, I'll do it. Everybody else have a leader. Keep your eyes closed. Just come on. Stand right there and laugh at the devil. Laugh at the devil. Touch this with a 10-foot pole. 
If you don't come to honor in life, it's up to you. Feel free. But life is that disease. I don't care what it is. Just feel free. Life of the devil. I wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole. Life of the devil. That's right. Make yourself life. The devil is a liar.
This young couple got married. This young couple got married. After they got married, he started feeling bad. So he went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you've got cancer, and you'll live three years, and that's all. Just got married. Three years, and that's all. Well, if you listen to my tapes, you may go as wild as a bat. So they were feeling bad and sad. They just got married, and gonna live. he's going to live for three years, and that's all, maybe. Then sat in the office building, got in the lobby, walking across, you know, and got to thinking about victory. And when the Bible says that laughter, laughter, listen closely, laughter maketh like good medicine. And the joy of the Lord, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you stopped, looked at each other and said, we don't have to die. I don't have to die with cancer. Let's do life with the devil. And then you started laughing at the devil in the lobby, in the lobby of an office building where the doctor's office was, started laughing out loud at the devil, and God's power come up on them and knocked the cancer out of them and healed them, and they walked off well. disease and every affliction. So mad tonight.
you lot. Now then, listen to me closely just a minute. Listen to me closely just a minute. Always remember this. When the shouting is finished, the word of faith is still in your mouth. Amen. And if you'll speak the word of faith out more, claiming the promises of God and resisting the devil and claiming God's power and confessing that it's yours, remember what God told you, he that resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God and damnation will come upon him. Remember that scripture? And he that resisted the power to himself shall receive damnation. Don't never resist God's power. God has operating power. Jesus is the best surgeon in town. God has healing power. He has saving power to save your whole family. Lift you from darkness into light. He has miracle working power. He has creative miracle working power. Creative miracle working power. Thank you, Jesus. There's a beautiful girl came to me on the island of Kauai here a while back when I was speaking to a full gospel businessmen's convention. Beautiful young lady, about 23, 24 years old. She came up to me after I got through speaking. She said, Brother Norval, I'm from New York. And the church I go to has a young pastor single. And I know he likes me. And I've been out with him a few times, and I like him real well. But something happened to me on the insides, and I have an operation, and I had all my insides taken out, hysterectomy, the whole thing. I could never have children and when I go on a date with him, he's a young pastor, you know, like 25, 26 years old. And I know he likes me, but he always talks about the children that he wants. He wants like two or three children and have a happy home and a happy family. And I cannot marry him and I will not marry him because he's a young pastor. And I think a lot of him, but I will not marry him because I don't want to wreck his life and I don't want him to make him think that I'm perfect physically. Then we get married, I tell him I could never have a child. But I said, look at me, honey. I said, but you can't have a child. She said, I can. I said, yes, you can. I said, God's power is available to create you a new womb and to put the parts in you that were taken out. Restore. Jesus is in restoring business to, take, to restore to you what the canker worm has eaten away, meaning the devil. 
She said, really? I said, the Lord will give you a new womb. If he wants you to marry that pastor, you can have children. She says, well, I sure we should ask him to. I said, I will, and he will. I reached out, laid my hands gently on her. We were sitting down. Full Gospel Businessmen's Convention, you know how the table is. They have a table like this with several men sitting behind it. I'm sitting here, and I'm sitting here. You know, everybody was leaving the ballroom at that time. You know, I'd been praying for people. I reached out and touched her gently. I said, thank you, Lord, for being a creator. See, you approach him as a creator. That's what he is. And I began to thank him for creating parts in her body and giving her a new womb so she could have children. This is something the devil stole away from her, and I bind you, Satan. You're a thief, but you're not going to do it. I'm not going to let you. In Jesus' name, I'm not going to let you. I claim God's power. You don't resist God's power. You claim God's power. By faith, you claim it. I had my hand up on her, gently praying for her, praying like that. And all of a sudden, tears began to come out of her eyes, down her cheeks. And her body began to shake. She's an exceptionally beautiful girl from New York, about 23 years old. And her body began to shake. And she says, Brother Norville, there's something happened to me. There's something moving. My female parts feel like they're on fire. There's something happened to me. And the Holy Ghost actually took her into the presence of God that, so far that I never did really get her back. And so I just prayed for her and left. Sitting there in the glory of Almighty God all over her. I spoke for a pastor about four or five days later over in Honolulu, and on the way to his church, he come by and picked me up, and on the way to his church, he says, Brother Noble, my church got a phone call from some girl named so-and-so. She said, to tell you, she said, tell you that she's from New York, and you would understand what it is, that she's from New York, and she went to the bathroom and checked herself, and everything about her is brand new. nothing that God's power will not do for you. God told you in Romans tonight, if you resist the power, you shall receive unto yourselves damnation. I don't want you to resist the power of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, the first thing I want you to do right now, the Lord reminded me a few minutes ago, I said, son, I want you to pray for those people you talked about tonight, I want you to pray for them for help. When you pray, I can help get the church praying. First of all, I want to tell you, everything good the Kennedy family has done for this country, I appreciate it. Thank them for it. And I thank God for this country and all the good laws that we have. We, have, we do have a few that's flaky and causes the human race a lot of trouble. But 
usually not one person's in charge, so you can't do anything about it. It's a mass thing, a mass vote, voting, and you can't do very much about that. And so I want you to, because I believe that President Reagan's a good man, and I want you to stretch your hand up here to me tonight, and I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray in the Spirit while I pray in English, and I want us to pray, first of all, for President Reagan and all the people under him. Pray for the senators. Pray for Senator Edward Kennedy. He's about the he's, he's I think the Kennedys have got one or two children left, and Edward Kennedy is still the senator of Massachusetts, but he goes through a lot of trouble. He has a lot of trouble in his life. He needs, he needs, he needs our prayers. He does. The family needs our prayers. Those children needs our prayers. The children of that family is coming up now. They're coming up now. They're coming up now. They need, they need prayer. There's no use in those kids going, living under the same curse. And brother, it's a curse from hell. There's no use in those kids. And they're coming up now. Coming up. And I, see, I read about them in the newspaper. They're all coming up. And let's pray especially for the Kennedy family that they will be a great blessing to this country. And pray for Reagan and all the people under him, and the senators, and the governors. You understand that? And above all, you here in this church, pray for Bob and pray for your pastor, wherever he is. You've got to learn to pray for people that's in leadership because they need it. Now stretch your hand up here. Pray out loud the Spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, we bring President Reagan before you right now. And we pray for him that God's power would be his power. We pray for everybody under him that the power of God would overshadow them. We pray for the governors, Lord, and pray for the senators. We pray especially for Edward Kennedy of Massachusetts. We pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God would overshadow him and bring reality to him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The governors, the senators, and the policemen and the school teachers, and pray for the pastors, Lord, in charge of the flocks to get them to heaven. We pray for them in Jesus' name. And we pray especially for Bob in Jesus' name that God's knowledge would continue to come to him and he would do the work of God in Dallas that you have called him to do in Jesus' name. That, Lord, that they'll have a complete family church and the family activities, everything here that you want the family to enjoy, Lord, and be fed spiritually and socially, Christian, clean, social living. In Jesus' name, let it be done. Give Bob the knowledge to do it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, do it for him. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for the Kennedy family. Every member of the Kennedy family, we pray for them. We pray the Spirit of God would so put them under conviction and help them, overshadow them, and bless them, Lord. They would turn their face toward God and say, God, we want your blessing in our family. We want your blessing in our family, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let the Spirit of God fall on them in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I haven't told you this. No wonder I have good things happening to me. I haven't told you this. I don't think I told you. I might have mentioned it to you. This past Christmas Eve, Bob, I was over in Honolulu by myself. Thank you, Lord, for giving him a special miracle, Lord. Thank you for giving this young man a special miracle. I command you, Satan, turn his body loose. Come up out of him completely. 
Let his body go free. A special miracle in his little body in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> I'd, been, I'd been to some church parties, Christmas, just Christmas parties over in Honolulu. I went over about the middle of December, stayed until February the 1st, because I speak in a lot of churches on those islands. I have my own convention there every year. And glory to God, thank you, Jesus. Christmas Eve night, I was there by myself, and I thought, well, I don't think I'm going to go anywhere tonight. I'd, invited, I'd been invited to a Christmas party that night, but I thought, well, I won't go. I've been going to some of them, so I'll just stay home tonight. In fact, Christmas Eve night, I just fixed me something to eat there in my, in my condo, and just about 11 o'clock, I said, well, I think I'll go to bed. And so I got in the bed, and got my pajamas on, and went to bed, and I looked at my Bible, this Bible in over on, close to the bed, and I said, well, I think I'll read the Bible a little while before I go to sleep tonight. I just opened the Bible like this and fell in the book of Luke, and I began to read, just, I just began to read <clears throat> that somebody was, that Jesus was telling a story in here where somebody tried to get a judge to avenge them, and the judge wouldn't do it. But they kept on and on and on, and the judge says, well, because of your continually wanting to be free of the words, I will, okay, I will help you. And I will give you some freedom. I'll and then Jesus started talking again. Don't you know that God's made you his elect? We'll give unto you a lot more than any earthly father or earthly judge, in other words. And he will give to his elect anything they want. Everybody say anything. Amen. Especially to those that cries up to him day and night. There is no failure in God. If you and me don't receive what we want, we have failed, my brother and sister. You might as well know that we have failed. I am telling you, if you seek God with all of your might day and night, he's going to come and visit you. Now, you just might as well know that. He's going to come and visit you, and when he comes, he'll bring you what you need. I don't care if you need a new heart, if you need a new kidney. You seek Almighty God and his power. Don't resist his power. If you resist his power, Romans says, a curse comes upon you. Don't resist God's power. Seek him for his power. Tell God you believe in his power for anything. I don't care if it's filling teeth, giving new wounds, making cripples walk, making little boys well like this, making little babies well, had a tube in their nose last year back here, now it's normal. God will do anything for you. But you've got to seek Him for it. You have to believe Him for it. You have to show God that you believe Him by faith for it. Faith, faith, where's it at? It's in your mouth. Faith is in your mouth. The word of faith is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, in thy mouth. I don't have no faith in my mouth, somebody said. Well, you don't have any at all then. Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and your mouth, your mouth speaks out what's down here. Your mouth speaks out what's down here. God hates poverty spirits. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I will mention, because this has been healing this week, I'll mention, 
I have three books here. You can have them all for $10 a night, How to Live and Not Die, Seven Ways That Jesus Heals, and What to Do for Healing. If you want all three of these healing books, you can have them a special night for $10. And there is several, several, quite a number of millionaires on the earth today because they listen to this tape series. It's called Prosperity the Bible Way. I have seen people take this tape series that was broke and had no money and be a millionaire in less than three years. But they listen to it 15, 20, 25 times. If you think you're going to listen to a tape one time and get all that's in it, I got news for you. You're not going to do it. There is a way in the Bible that you can be, that you can be prosperous, my brother and sister. There's a way in the Bible that you can accept a raise by faith. You can speak a rest. It's been a great evening tonight in Norval Hayes this whole week.